outside of church people, middle school kids are the meanest people on earth. I just heard, just called two people out. Only pastors understand what I'm going to talk about. Listen, I'm just kidding. No, like, you know why? Because it's, it's funny how a lot of times, it, and it's high school kids too, like you, you, you try to use, like you got this uh, insecurity inside of you, so to make yourself feel better, you say negative things to other people to tear them down to kind of build yourself up. And it happens on a regular basis. How many of you this week, since you've been at school, have heard other people in the hallway, in the lunchroom, in the gym somewhere say something mean or ugly to other people? Throw your hands up in the air. Wave them in the hand like you just don't care. Listen, that should never happen with you. And what I've learned over the years is that people who are just nasty with their mouth most of the time don't even know it. I don't even know it. So I'm hoping and praying that God reveals it to you this week. That he takes your, his divine flashlight, goes into the depths of your soul, or goes into your mouth, and shows you that your tongue is like a viper. It's, it's not nice. Because God has not called you to speak death into anybody's life. God's called you to speak life. Jesus is abundant life. And if you carry the character of Christ, and if you, you carry the nature of Jesus, the nature of Jesus is to speak life into people. That's what he did over you, and that's what he wants you to do over people. And so that's what we're going to talk about this week. Now, before I get started, I'm going to embarrass my daughter really, really bad, but my daughter is in the house. Can y'all give it up for Avery in the back? I'm so sorry. Avery, Avery, give him a wave. Come on. All right. My, my son, everybody knows my son. Everybody say, what's up? Hey, Caleb comes with me, but I got, I got Avery to come with me, so, so she's she going to be mad at me. She, she'll, she won't talk to me the rest of the night. But it's all good, all right, because she won't use her tongue to talk to me. She's mad at me. Uh, but, hey, uh, so we're going to talk about, listen, tonight we're just going to talk about resetting the tongue. Then tomorrow we're going to talk about some things. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about some, some things that got to do with the tongue. But tonight we're going to talk really, really in depth more about the, the, the you know, the, the power of the tongue, okay? This is what the Bible says in James chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. Now listen, it is absolutely amazing how one of the smallest parts of the body can literally do com- like serious damage in people's lives. Right? It can, there's a, there was a spider down there. I just about threw up because uh, it touched me. Listen. It was really tiny, but it was scary enough. So anyway, don't bite me, spider. So it's amazing how one of the smallest parts of, of our body can really produce life in other people, but it can also literally produce death in other people. And, and we have the power in our tongue to do that. Uh, the tongue can make heaven bigger, or it can steal life from other people. It can, it can, it can literally halt people's calling in their lives. Uh, or it can make uh, hell bigger, all right? It's, it's amazing the things that we can do with our tongue. It can make heaven bigger or it can make hell bigger, one or the other, because we can speak so much death into other people's lives, they don't have nothing to do with God. met people like that. This is what it says in James chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. It says, people, are you a people? I'm a people, you're a people, we're all people, I hope you are. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, <laughs> reptiles, I've never seen anybody tame a snake or a reptile. That's pretty cool. I don't know how you tame a fish, but it says you can, I guess you can tame a dolphin. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. So we're in here praising the Lord with our tongue tonight, singing Set of Fire, singing incredible songs. But I wonder how our tongue was used earlier today while we were at school. I wonder how our tongue was used earlier today with our mom or with our dads. 
wonder how our tongues was used earlier today with our brothers or sisters. Somebody just got told by their sister that their hair was nappy. But it's all good. You look, I like your hair. Here's the deal. It's amazing how we can use our tongue for two different things. And I do believe that the Holy Spirit can help us with our tongue. And that's what we're hoping and praying for this weekend. Now, listen. Um, I, I've got animals. I've, I, I could, I've told y'all animal stories every time I come up here. Every single year, my mom had, like, pet cemetery in the backyard because we had so many animals. Um, but we have uh, animals at our house. We have Bella, our dog. We have Callie, the cat. And we have Patches, the fish. All right? And so um, Bella is pretty, I mean, like, she, you could train her. All right? Like, Bella, like, I've learned. Listen, I read some stuff on dogs. And, like, dogs talk with their eyes. And so they give I really read this. They can give kisses with their eyes. And so I try to kiss Bella all the time. Like, like really, like teaching her, like, kiss me, Bella. All right. So the big picture is, though, is that Bella has got, she's, she's fat. All right. Bella is, she's got a huge duke. She's got a big booty. And um, I, I really want her to sleep with me really, really bad. I, I love it when my dog just snuggles with me and just, crawls. Anybody got dogs that sleep with them? Come on, just be honest. All right. Listen, I love it with my with Bella, but but here's the bad part about Bella. So Bella's booty is gigantic. All right. And my dog, my, my bed is huge. My bed is about this tall. And so I'm trying to teach her how to get on my bed. And so this is what she literally has to do. And it hardly ever works. So my bed is here. My doorway to my bathroom is here. All right. She'll back up all the way in the bathroom. And take off running, and we'll stop at the bed and slide on the wood floors and turn back around and come back. And her booty gets to going, and she goes, and she's trying to get the nerve up to jump. She'll do it at 10 times. And then that one time, she'll get the nerve up and jump, and we'll smash the side of the bed and then fall on the ground. She don't make it. Her booty comes up and hits her in the back, comes back down. It's crazy. I mean, like, sorry, Bella. So she just sleeps at the foot of the bed, and if I want to snuggle with her, I have to get in the floor with her because she can't get there. Now, Callie, on the other hand, She's kind of chubby, too. I don't know what we're doing with our animals. But when she runs, her belly swings like this. I ain't kidding. Like, she could really knock things out of the way on this side and this side when she's running. And she stays in the house. She don't know that she doesn't have claws. She tries to catch, like, claw people. But Now, one thing about it is you can tame. You can, you can, you can really tame a dog. Has anybody ever, like, can you train? Has anybody ever trained a cat? Listen, cats are, I'm pretty sure, 99.9% of them are demon-possessed. They are weirdos. Listen, so she jumps up and she lays uh, like in between my legs right here every single day, or, like somewhere, and what she does is she stares me down. And so I'm trying to, I'm like, oh, what's up, girl? How you doing? I'm patting her, like, what's up? And she's like, look, like, and all of a sudden, she, just out of the blue, she's all like, like she jumps up and bites the crap out of me. Like, wow, what are you doing? I think I said a bad word. I probably shouldn't have said that. Listen, she jumps up and bites me, like, draws, like, I was just loving you. Like, you, like, has anybody got a cat that does that? Like, they loving it, loving it, loving it, and then all of a sudden just turn on you? Like, it's crazy. And when their eyes get huge, like, poof, you like, mm-mm, back away. Don't touch them because they finish to go crazy. She will literally... Like turn, like in the like in our kitchen, she will chase her tail for hours and turns into butter. I mean, like she will, she just turns, just chases constantly. But we can't train her to do nothing. Like we can't train her to go poo poo. We can't train her to eat her food. We can't train her to do anything because cats are 
are dumb. I, they're dumb. And so they look at all of us like we're dumb, but in reality, they're dumb. Now, listen, if I was to get, like, like trapped out in the woods, Bella would come find me, all right? And she would lick me to death before I could come back home. <laughs> My cat would just let me stay out there and die. She don't care. Uh, we used to have a cat, by the way. This is a side note. I'm just telling stories right now. We used to have a cat. Maybe I, I might have told you all this last year. If I did... <laughs> No, no, I no, I did have a cat fill up my belly button with pee, but it's all good. I slapped it and pee went everywhere. Listen, and it's listen, cat pee smells like orange trident gum. It is terrible. Um, but we used to have this cat named we named it Donald Trump because it was orange. And um and so literally DT, we called it DT. So we lost our we lost Donald Trump. And so in the middle of the night, we went in our woods in the back. We got a lot of people in our neighborhood. We got a little patch of woods in the back. And so we're walking through the woods at 9 o'clock at night with flashlights. Donald Trump, where are you? Like, honey, what's wrong with those neighbors over there? They've been drinking some of that moonshine. Like, what's going on with them? So anyway, it's not good looking for Donald Trump at 9 o'clock in Coleman. Um, but you can't tame. You can't tame animals. And I'll be honest with you, the only way that you could ever have your tongue controlled is only through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is it. Only, only when you walk next to the Holy Spirit can you really learn how to control your tongue. And so what I want to talk to you about today is about the power of controlling your tongue. Listen, we have so much power in our tongues that we do not realize the power that we have. We, we have power. We have power to destroy or to restore. You have power in your tongue to encourage or to discourage. You have power in your tongue to inspire or co- to condemn. You have power in your tongue to give life or to give death. And I'll be honest with you, if I was guessing, I would step out and say everybody in this room have probably done a little bit of both. Everybody in this room has probably done a little bit of both. We've inspired and we've condemned. We've encouraged and we've discouraged. We've given life and we've given death. I would step out and say all of us have done that. I've been guilty of it. And I would say as long as you've lived, you've probably been guilty of it too. But we want to do the positive more than we want to do the negative more. And we want to put to death the negative. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap consequences. I'll be honest with you. I'm sure me and Matt your youth pastor have reaped a lot of consequences because consequences, it's kind of like you said feats just a minute ago because we love to talk. I, I've, I've, it comes back to bite you. I wonder, I wonder how many of us have heard these kind of sayings. If y'all want to finish them out for me, you can. All right? uh, these are some things that your, your grannies and grandpas and papas and peepees and whatever they are, this is what they say. Parents and grandpa parents, here's little phrases they use all the time. If you can't say something nice, then don't say, come on. I think that's a really good, that's a really good uh, uh, phrase that you should probably stick with. Uh, don't stick your foot in your, yeah, it's going to smell like vinegar because dirty feet stink. Listen, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what a crock of lies. That's a, that's a, that's a lie. How many of you in this room, let's just be honest, we all getting honest in the house tonight. How many of you in this room has had words in your life that's hurt you before? Throw your hands up. If you don't have your hands up, then you are a hermit. You're a monk. You're living out in the desert by yourself. And you're in a Baptist church, and you're, they'll, think, they'll kick you out. Listen, if you're a monk. Listen. 
it doesn't feel good. And so I, I, I think there's a place where I would rather be beat with sticks and lead pipes and the things that people say to me because, honestly, those kind of things will heal quicker than what people say to you about you in a negative sense and the things that you say to other people. I'm like rubber, you're like glue. What you say bounces off of me. Y'all ever heard that before? Who has not heard that? Oh, dear Lord Jesus, I am old. We heard this all the time. Like This is what we would say when we was little kids. Instead of circle, circle, dot, dot, now I got my cootie shot. Right, Y'all remember that? Did anybody do that? Okay. I'm a weirdo. I did that. All right. When, De- when De- Delane Foshi chased me, uh, Delane Grissom chased me around like, I'm going to touch you. I was like, no, 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 don't give me cooties. And when you gave me cooties, circle, circle, dot, dot, now I got my cootie shot. So I'm, I'm clear from your cooties. But anyway, listen. I'm like rubber. You're like glue. What you say bounces off of me <laughs> and sticks to you. All right, so that's what I'd say when I was like six. Think before you speak. How about that? It's amazing how many of us react and don't respond. There's a big difference. Reacting means I didn't think before I speak. When you respond, you think about what I'm going to say. Most of us, when somebody comes and says something harsh and negative to us, or maybe our parents really tick us off, a lot of times the first thing we do is react, and that's the most dangerous thing you could ever do. You need to respond. Treat others the way you, boy, that's a good one. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Listen, let me just throw, let me just throw some pros and cons out. And then I'm going, we're going to dive in real hard, real quick. It's not going to be, I ain't going to be long, all right? Just need you honed in, all right? It's amazing the pros and cons that can come from our tongues, and this is just a few of them. Some of the pros, I'll give you pros and I'll give you cons, back and forth. How about that? Worship God with our tongue or gossip? Talk with God or complain, which would be prayer. Share Jesus with others or argue with others. Encourage others or discourage others. Use kind words or unkind words. Inspire others, condemn others. Speak prophetic words to others, criticize others. Pray for healing over others, verbally abuse others. Speak love to others, use hate speech. Give wise advice to others, use corrupt speech. Teach others. Be negative and critical. Make people laugh or make people cry. I mean, that's just a few. You've got power. Did you know that? You. You do. You're like, I mean, I just don't know if I have that much influence. Yes, you do. You've got more influence than you realize. And it, the, probably one of the smallest parts of your body can do the most damage or can do the greatest stuff. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love to eat its fruit, love it, will eat its fruits. Listen, we have the power to speak death into people's lives and power uh, to speak into people's lives. I guess some of the questions that you're going to need to ask yourself this weekend as we talk about this stuff is which one do you do most? What do you do most? Do you speak life into others? Or do you speak death into others? See, a lot of people think they're being funny a lot of times and they really speak death. Honestly, what they're doing is trying to get attention. We'll talk more about that as we go. Our, our tongues can do damage or they can help heal. I'm going to give you another list. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have power to give people joy or steal their joy through your words. You have the power to give people courage or the power to discourage. You have the power to change a person's situation or to make their situation worse. 
You have the power with your tongue to help people dream and live out their dreams, or you have the power in your tongue to steal people's dreams. You have power to help people overcome depression or to place them in depression. There's so much more to what I'm talking about, but I think you get the idea. Our words uh, hold weight in people's lives. Your words, our words, hold weight in people's lives. There are people, listen, look at me. There, there are students, there are people, there are adults, there are people in this room who have had people speak death into you and has told you things about yourself that aren't true, but yet you, the way you live your life, reveals that you believe that what they said about you is true. There are people in this room that has had somebody of influence in your life speak in your life, whether it's a teacher, a coach, a parent, an uncle, an aunt, a pastor, a youth pastor, a good friend. Somebody of influence has spoken to your life something that is death, something that is not true about you, but is what they wanted to say about you, so they spoke it, and you believed it, and you're still living in that today, and you listen to what they say more than what God says about you. And you can't hear when other people say positive things about you because somebody of influence has spoke death into your life. And whenever you, listen, look at me, when you listen to what other people say about you in the area of speaking death into people's lives, and you start to live out what they say about you, then you're not ever going to really live out the, the, the calling that God's placed in your life. Listen, everybody in this room needs to have people in their life that speak to your potential and your purpose. Your purpose is to make the name of Jesus famous, and you have the potential to do it. And everybody in this room needs somebody to speak to their potential. You need somebody around you. You don't need people in your, in your life speaking to things in your life that put you down on a regular basis. But it's amazing how some of us feel like that's who we are, that's what I'm about, so I'm going to surround myself with those kind of people, and I'm just going to take it all in, when in reality it's damaging you more and more and more, if that makes any sense. These areas that people have spoke into you that's full of death. It's caused you, the, the, these are areas in your life that you, you carry a lot of insecurity, lack of confidence. Let, let's just get real here. All right, here we go. Come on, listen. I need everybody focused in. I know you've been in school all day. I'm about done. I'm not, I really am not going to go long, I promise you. Listen, this is, this is heavy. It's about to be heavy. There's, there's people that spoke death into you. This caused lack of confidence. It's caused thoughts of suicide. It's caused depression. It's caused chronic guilt and shame. Because somebody spoke death into you and you bought into their words. And these areas of your life that aren't true, these are areas that you're dead in in your life right now that God wants to bring to life. And I'm hoping before this weekend's over with, he does. God's not called anybody in this room to walk in the lies of what people say and think about you. He's called you to walk in the truth of what God says about you. Hey, can we just have a heart-to-heart? -heart just just, let me just give you my two cents. This is just my opinion. You don't have to do what I tell you to do. I'm just, 
throwing this out there. Number one, I think one of the one of the worst things that were ever that was has ever been created is social media. Now it's got a lot of good things. There's a lot of good things you can do with it. And everybody's like, well, tell us the good stuff because I absolutely see some of y'all are going to tune me out right now. Like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I, I I used to be on it and I started noticing. I got caught in this comparison trap. Even at the age of I'm almost 47 years old. I'm I'm old. I'm like really old. All right. Um, if I took my shirt off, you could tell. I mean, like I can, I can tuck my boobies in my socks. Listen, I probably shouldn't have said that either, but it's so funny I can say stuff to students. I'd never say that in y'all's church. Don't worry about it. Listen, if y'all's pastors here too, I probably won't be back. September 12th, right? Y'all got to find somebody else, brother. All right, listen, um, but I, I noticed this, the, this, this uh, depression that I started walking in because of, uh, I started looking at other people, like, for instance, church world. I live in church world every day. So I had all my buddies that I did church to do the same things that I do. I started looking at all their stuff that they were doing, and, man, they were seeing, man, we had 75 people saved at church today. And we're like, we had none. Man, we baptized 112. Like, what? Like, well, what's wrong with you, Andy? Apparently, you're not a good preacher. You're not a good pastor. You're not a good leader. You're just, you're, you stink. And all of a sudden, I get in this comparison trap of seeing what all my other buddies are doing, who's my pastor friends. And not only do I get caught in this comparison trap of walking in depression, but I also start not liking them very much. I also start deep down inside to their face. I'll be like, <laughs> what's up, buddy? How you doing? Good to see you. But they're like, I don't like you very much because you baptized more people than I did last, last month. Now, that's my world. Your world is, is you start looking online or you look at your Snapchat, Instagram, whatever y'all doing these days. I know Facebook is not in y'all's like, telephone at all. It's, it's in your mamas and daddies. I understand that. But the big picture is, is you're looking at a party that all your friends was invited to and you ain't there. You see your group of girls that went to the mall together, and they all get in their little favorite, little favorite shots with their duck face. Like, what's up? Like, by the way, I'm learning that the duck face is going out. It's the migraine pose, like pushing your head back. Like, I've really studied this, by the way. It's the truth. It's there. Look it up. Start doing the migraine pose. Push your head back. Like, oh, turn it off. It's evil in Jesus' name. Bless God. Listen, somebody, like, seriously, somebody's phone is like, Jesus is calling. I don't know. Um. Jesus, like, yes, it is, yes, yes, it is. See, Jesus got a redneck accent, too. Listen, by the way, y'all going to be really surprised when y'all get to heaven and God's voice is going to be like, hey, guys, how you doing? Because everybody's got this, hey, like, you're going to be really surprised. Listen, but you get caught in this comparison trap. Even dudes, even guys do it. Happens with everybody. Makes me want to vomit. Number one, it keeps you from really being social with other people. That's why I love this student ministry. Your pastor, because he's social, causes a lot of you guys to be social and causes you to interact with other people. But social media is pulling the socialism, socialism, which is a good word uh, to pull out of. But the big picture is politically. But the big picture is, is it's keeping you from being social. Look at people face to face and having conversation. I, I'm, I'm talking to my young, my young preacher friends, and they're talking about what's the church going to look like in 20 years. And they're talking about, like, they think it's going to be like a Jimmy Fallon deal, like, a, like an audience like this right here, but everything else will be online. I was like, that's bad. 
The reason why it's bad is because there's nothing like a touch. There's nothing like a look in the eye. There's nothing like a hug. There's nothing like that. And if we start going to, to computer church, we're in trouble. And it's the same thing for you guys. There's a reason why suicides are up like 20%, I think, over the last year. But it's up higher than that over the last five years. It's just stupid with your age group. Depression is a real deal. All the super spiritual people is like, well, just rebuke the devil and just get him away. you got to just trust Jesus. But I'll be honest with you, it's a real mental, physical, it's a, it's a really big deal. And if I, if I was to really guess, there's a lot of students in this room right here that probably walk in more depression that you let on to with the rest of us. And what you need more than anybody else, more than anything else, is the people in this room to wrap up around you. Love you, be next to you, carry you, help you, move in the ways that you need to move. This message isn't on depression, but I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I think one of the only ways that you can really ever completely get set free from depression is to find you somebody who is safe, that, that, that loves you, and go and have a conversation with them and let them know I've got deep depression in my life or I've got something going on where I, I, I'm not normal. Something's wrong. And a lot of that can come from what other people speak into you. But I also think a lot of it comes from social media, comparison traps. I think it comes from a lot of different places. Let me ask you a question. Can we be honest? I just got honest with you. I told you all my struggles. That happens to me. Can it, is, it, is anybody else in this room that's brave enough to say, hey, I've, I've, I struggle with that? Throw your hands up, please. Like, I've been there. Okay, the rest of you don't. I, I just wasted my time. Thank you, college students, for doing that. I, listen, I, I wish more people was because y'all scared to death. I'm going to tell you to throw your, like, like social media is of the devil. And kind of is at times. But the thing about it, I'm not telling you to get rid of it. But I am telling you that it can cause some really bad stuff. And my heart hurts for the younger generation these days in large ways. So to say all that, there are people in your life that have spoke death into you, things that are not true about you, things that are contradicting to who God says you are, but you've bought into those lies more than what God says in the area of truth. Listen, there are others here who, who's had, you've, there's people here who's had death speakers in life. There are other people here who's completely the opposite, who, who have had other people speak into your life. Maybe it's a mom or a dad. Maybe it's your pastor, your student pastor, other or college leaders or Sunday school teacher or whatever. Other people have spoke life into you and have given you courage and confidence where you had none, and their words brought life into you. It's powerful both ways. It's powerful both ways. God in us produces life that God in you wants to give abundant life to others. And what is one of the greatest ways to do that is to speak it into other people's lives. And I believe the greatest way that happens is through the tongue. I remember, um, I remember there, was this, there was this kid from Good Hope. His name was Sebastian. and He was a stud athlete. First time I ever moved to Coleman, Coleman, Alabama. Um. He was probably in 10th grade. Um, we were playing a three-on-three -three tournament. Me and 
uh, three other old dudes. And then I walked in, and there's about 30 teams of all these young kids that could, like, play. But what was crazy was, I don't know if God gave us favor that day, but we went to the finals. Like, me and the old guys went to the finals. Like, old people can still shoot. Like, Hoosiers. All right, we good. I don't even know what Hoosiers is either, probably. But the big picture is, is uh, I kept watching this kid, Sebastian. And he's a good-looking kid, incredible athlete. But, man, he talked trash, wanted to fight everybody out there. Like, wanted to fight. And uh, I, he, he came up against some Dude, this dude that goes to our church named Tyler, who's an older man, who's like which way to the weight room, like a muscle head. And uh, he was talking trash to him and pushing him around. And, and Tyler had a few words with him and told him he was going to take his earrings out and shove them down his throat with the other few choice words. And I won't tell you what those are. But the big thing, that's not speaking life. Don't do that, all right? But I kept watching this kid, and I'm like, man, this kid needs Jesus. He's cussing like crazy, just like just. Like, he's got so much potential. I'm looking at like this kid's got so much potential. Like, holy cow. And so, um, so I, God started speaking into me. Like, you need, to go and, you need to go have a word with him. You need to go talk to him. And I'm watching him the whole time, and I, he, he had a bad attitude the whole entire time. And so, we beat him. We put him out. And he's all mad, and he's getting stuff, and he's putting it in his bag, and and God, the Holy Spirit inside of me is like, you got to go talk to him. And so I walked up to him, me and my, me and my little old short, fat self. I said, hey, I'm poking him in the chest. I said, let me tell you something. I said, uh, I want you to know that I love your heart, man. I love, I just, all I did was try to speak life into him. I love the potential that you've got waiting for you. And, man, you need to place people around you that's going to help that potential come out more than go away. And all I can remember God telling me is to tell him, hey, you got a heart of a lion. So I remember taking my two fingers and pointing it, like taking it and stabbing it in his chest. He said, hey, Sebastian, the one thing God's speaking to me is he's telling me, boy, you got a heart of a lion. Man, you out there fixing to fight Goliath. That guy would kill you. But you didn't care. You was about to fight him. You in 10th grade, you little scrawny thing. He would have killed you, but yeah, you was, going, you was going after him. I said, could you imagine that heart that you have? You got a heart of a lion, boy. If you was to take that same heart and use it for God, the things that you could do for him? Are you kidding me? Man, you're a fighter, boy. God needs more people like you. Man, you're the man. I kept stabbing him. like He was just like, you know. <laughs> I said, I love your heart, man. You know, I didn't think he ever really listened to me because he was mad. Honestly, he left. He's quarterback for the football team. Got kicked off the football team for doing bad things. Got strung out on some drugs. Went to, went to several different rehabs. Caught up with him about a year ago. He was in there shooting, shooting hoops in the, in the aquatic center where I was at. I said, Sebastian, what's up, man? What are you doing? And he's all mellow. And he, he told me his whole story. Like, man, I... I went to jail, prison, got out, went to rehab, got strung out on drugs, tried to get set free. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, uh, you remember that day we played in that three-on-three tournament? He said, those words are the words that I've been holding on to. And he said, I want to tell you something. And he pulled up his shirt, which is kind of awkward in front of everybody. I'm looking at his chest. He got a tattoo of a line tattooed over his heart. 
I had no clue that those words would affect him that much. But he had a tattoo of a lion on his heart. He said, I got, this, I got this tattoo, and I'm believing that God's going to use me to fight for him. And he really tried to live out Jesus. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know where he's at today. I sure hope in Jesus' name that he is. I just know that God had affected him because somebody spoke life into him. But he had been hearing death his whole entire life. That's why he went off and did the stupid stuff that he did because he believed the lies. James 3, 9, I'm, I'm going to close with this story. i got one more story for you. James 3, 9 says, with it we bless our Lord. We're talking about our tongue. We bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Listen, there, there are people here, and many here, and many around you every day. Listen, look at me. Look at me. I want you to hear me. You've had a curse spoken over you. And honestly, to this day, you've had, you, you, you are still living out that curse that's been spoken into you. And I personally believe that there are people around you every day that's living out a curse that they've had spoken into them. Now, you can come up and play somebody if you want to, uh, Brett. You've had a curse spoken into you. Or other people you're around that's had curses spoken into them. And can I tell you something? You, you with your tongue, child of God, you have the power to reverse the curse in other people's lives that's had that curse spoken into them. You have the power with your tongue, with, through the Holy Spirit and His power, to reverse the curse in people's lives. The tongue has the power of death and life in it. Power. You have the power to reverse the curse. Let me give you a, let me give you a story about me. All right? Let me tell you my story. Let me, tell you, let me tell you how somebody reversed the curse in my life. And I want you to be this person in other people's lives. You have the power in your tongue to do this. When I was in fifth grade, now all the way up to about fourth grade, I, I made halfway decent grades. I made like, like D's, pretty good. I'm just kidding. I made A's and B's, some C's, but I made pretty good grades. When I got to fifth grade, I had a teacher uh, in fifth grade. She was about this tall, and she was not nice. She was mean. This was before ADD medicine came out. And so I was constantly, I'm, I know this is really hard for y'all to believe because I'm really laid back and chill most of the time, but I was constantly next to the teacher's desk. I mean, like, here's the teacher's desk, here's my desk, here's the board, the chalkboard. My face is in the chalkboard, all right? Because I, like, I, I kept distracting the whole entire class. There were, there were times in my, because I would drive her crazy so much that she would literally grab her hair and she would start shaking and she would say, you're the dumbest kid I've, I've ever had in my class. So dumb. Grab her and just start shaking. Kids would start laughing. And so I started believing that. You know where my grades went? They tanked. D's and F's. I really started believing I'm just dumb. I'm not smart. Why should I even try? She spoke a curse into my life. And I started believing what she said. So I went through 7th grade, 6th grade, barely made it out of 6th grade, went to 7th grade. 
I love seventh grade so much, I went and did it again. Did seventh grade again. So all the way through high school, I do not recommend this. Do not do this because it will be really bad when you get to college. But when I got to high school, I had to cheat all the way through high school so I could play sports. Because I, I just thought the whole time, like, I'm just not smart. I'm dumb. I believe what she said. Not smart. Can't wait to get out of school. So I cheated all the way through school so that I could get out. Avery Heiss, Caleb, do not do that. All right? These are the stories you don't tell your kids, but they're here. I, I guess I have to. And so, so there's a place in my life where I, where I fast forward. I graduate high school. Thank you to all the people I cheated from. I graduated from high school. Um, I get radically saved at the age of 24. I was working for Coca-Cola then, worst job in America. Don't ever do it. Kids, go get an education. Don't work for Coca-Cola. You don't. It will make you want to get an education. Hardest job ever. I had to wear green pants. I looked like a pickle. All right? It was terrible. But here's the deal. I got radically saved. Got called into ministry. I felt like God was calling me to preach. My spiritual mentor, David Jett, comes and sits down to me and says, Wayne, if you're going to be a minister, I really recommend that you need to go to seminary. And I'd already heard how hard seminary was from everybody. I'm like, uh-uh, nope. God going to have to use me dumb. Ain't happening. God can use dumb people, all right? We'll just speak to other dumb people. He said, no, you're going to you're gonna go to seminary. You got to go to Bible college. I, I fought him on it. Like, I can't, man. There's no way. I, I'm not smart enough to go to Bible college. I've heard y'all talk about it. And he looked at me eye to eye. And he said, Andy, you're brilliant. You're one of the smartest people I've ever met. Man, you're so, you're so smart. Man, you, you can do this, Andy. You can do this. Man, I fought it. I did not want to go, but I knew they would not let me stay on staff if I didn't go. I think they would have, but that was, that was their threat, basically. So I sucked it up, took the words that he spoke into me, and I sat on the front row at Southeastern Bible College. Man, as soon as I got done, I didn't even hardly, I'm, listen, I'm a social as they come. I didn't make any friends there. As soon as I got done with class, I went straight to the library because I was scared to death that I was going to fail. Graduated Southeastern Bible College, cum laude, straight A's. Graduated. Then I went to five years of seminary. It was really supposed to go about three, but I, I hated it, so I made it a little longer. That's where I met Matt. Me and Matt, honestly, we probably should have put, been put out in the hall most of the time. I mean, we got we were the bad kids at seminary, which is really not good. Shouldn't be sharing that. But they told us not to play video games, and Matt played all the time. I was a good kid. I didn't do nothing like that. So, um, so I graduated seminary. Same way. And it all came because a man named David Jett reversed the curse in my life. And man, he celebrated with me. He's the first person I'd go to. And I'd say, man, I made an A on my test. Man, I'm so proud of you, man. So proud of you. 
It's a good job, boy. I told you you can do it. Reverse the curse. lot of people in this room that need to be David Jets for other people. You have the power to reverse the curse in people's lives. Why do we tear people down? You like being tore down? No. So why do you do it? Why should we ever do it? It's not who God is. See the <laughs> this guy's never told you anything like that. I wonder who you're pressing into the most tonight. And God just gave me this right before I came up. I went and wrote it down real quick over there. Who are you pressing into? Are you pressing into God? Pressing into God. Because when you press into God, you hear his voice. So let me let me ask you something. Now you don't have to say this out loud. This is between you and God. Hey, listen, look, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. So are you pressing in? What's he saying? What's God telling you? What's God telling you? What are you what's God saying to you? There's one thing I know about God's voice. And God told me this. This is, this is crazy. Guys, think about all these people that come to me all the time that think God's against them more than he is for them. It's unbelievable how many people think that God's out to get them. And I always look at them like, is that good news? What you're telling me right now, that's good news. Jesus died for that? I know I ain't got time to give you all the scenarios. But I remember one time I was riding on my lawnmower. Me and God, I have more time on my lawnmower with Jesus than I do anything else besides in the shower. We talk in the shower too. Me, me, Jesus, a loofah, and some soap. It's pretty cool. So that didn't sound, some of that didn't sound right. Anyway, listen. So I'm riding on my lawnmower, and I'm asking God about it. I'm like, hey, God, why do so many people think that you just, just a roughneck with them? Where does that come from? This is what he said. This is what God told me. This is what I heard God say because I'm pressing in. He said, Andy, I don't verbally abuse my children. I have never verbally abused my children. There's never been a time that God has ever looked at me and said, like, Andy, you're just a screw up. You're just jacked up, man. Ain't no hope for you. You're hopeless, man. Ain't not been one time that God's ever done that. So I, I ask you, Preston, what is God saying to you? If I was to literally sit down and look with you one-on-one, and I was to ask you one-on-one, what's God saying to you? What's he, what's he speaking over you? And you as to, when you're pressing it, what is he saying? I wonder how many of us would say, I don't hear nothing, man. If you just got really honest, I don't, I don't hear nothing. But if I was to ask you, what's the devil saying? you could give me a book of everything the enemy's saying into you. It's amazing that there's more of us that press into what the enemy says about us more than what God says about us. It's amazing how many of us press into what the enemy says. 
than what God says. Why do you hear the enemy more than you hear God? The enemy don't live in you, but God does. I know what God says about you, that you're highly favored, that you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So you don't hear that kind of stuff a lot of times. I think you probably hear it at this church, but a lot of people in the church world don't hear that kind of stuff. All they hear is God's out to get you, and they kind of get people to start serving God out of fear instead of out of this unbelievable, unconditional love of who God is. Perfect love cast out all fear. But so many of us don't hear God because we don't press into God. It's amazing we press into the enemy more. What's he saying to you? I know what he's saying. He calls you son and daughter of the king. And if God speaks life into you, then you speak life into others. Because you have the power to change the world. You got the, chi- the power to change your schools. You have the power to change individuals one person at a time by the way you speak life into them. Not a, not a weirdo. Not fruits and flakes. We ain't trail, uh, trail mix here. But I'm talking about just by being life. It could be as simple of, hey, girl, I like those glasses. I like your glasses too, Big Daddy. I like your hair. Listen, it's as easy as, like, I like your Nike shirt. It's as easy as, you know what, you're one of the sweetest people I think I've ever met in my life. It's as easy as walking up to somebody that you've never met in your entire life in your school and say, hey, look, this is going to sound weird. I just want to be honest with you. Man, I have watched you from the other side of the, of the school and I've seen how you are just loving people. And I want to tell you, it's not going un, un, unseen. I see what you're doing. There's power in that, which gives them another little, 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 little more step in their pep, more confidence to walk. Be who God's called them to be. Be who God's called them to be. See, you need, you don't know the person sitting next to you what they really feel about themselves, you have the power to pick them up with the things that you say. Why? Because your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. They can cause death or they can produce life. They can cause encouragement or they can produce discouragement. Which one will it be? Let God use you to speak life and potential into people. Speak, speak to people's potential. Speak to people's potential. I'm going to say this. Last thing I'm going to say. Some of you may completely disagree with this. I don't care. You know what I believe? That everybody that is created on this earth is created in the image of God. It's amazing how many of us have these thought processes of people because of their past or because of their present, because they're bad people. But I personally believe that everybody deserves honor and dignity from us. How do you give honor and dignity more than you speak life to people? Change the world with your words. Change the world 